Funding for Elwood City Limits is brought to you by Christopher Ifill, Dan Mike Dawson Silva, Ian Collis, John Dulong, Josias Melendez, Leanne S., Light Relentless, and Poolside123. Become a Patreon backer of our podcast today for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. Every day when you're driving is to work And everybody is a jerk Because they all hate their lives And I say, hey, how do we wind up this way? Everything's all work and no play Being adult can really suck Hey there, everybody. Well, I guess by this point, Halloween has... Unfortunately, come and gone. It's too bad. But I hope that it was a uh, a heck of a Halloween out there for you. And now our American listeners uh, get to look forward to to Thanksgiving. I already had Thanksgiving myself, so I'm I'm good for this year. But uh, uh, th- that may be something you're looking forward to pretty soon, uh, as well as the beginning of winter. So welcome everybody. This is a special presentation. Of Elwood City Limits because, uh, well, my name is Will Young, but right now I'm not joined by my normal co-host Lucas Mancini. Of course, instead of doing uh, another Patreon-exclusive filibuster, which of course, if you are a uh, Patreon subscriber, you can hear all of those right now for as little as a dollar a month, just putting that out there. But I decided I wanted to do something that everybody could enjoy, and so I've been kind of holding on to this one for a little while. I've been scheming and scheming ways that I could get uh, this particular individual on the air with me, and finally, an opportunity presented itself, one that I think is very appropriate for the two of us. So uh, may I introduce our co-host for this episode, this special episode of Elwood City Limits, from the John Dulong Show. It's my buddy John Dulong. Wouldn't it be really weird if it wasn't John Dulong? Like that's that's kind of like uh, that's kind of like a joke that I've been trying to make on my show for the past year now. Um, that it's uh, it's the John Dulong Show with me, the host John Dulong, which is really fortunate that I'm not like Randy Smith. Anyhow, Will, it's it's great to be here. I've been really looking forward to uh, to getting a chance to be here on Elwood City Limits. Of course, I'm a listener. I'm a Patreon uh, supporter, and I absolutely love the show. Much like you and Will, uh, you and Lucas and all the listeners, I, I grew up with Arthur, and, uh, and I, I just love this show. Well, thank you very much, John. You've been a, uh, I gotta say, you've been a, been a really good champion of the show through, uh, for the past couple of years that it's been on the air, so I want to take the opportunity to thank you very much for that and uh, and your show as well continues to uh, continues to bring the hard-hitting news of Nova Scotia and beyond and I always enjoy uh, hearing your takes on things yeah I, I just uh, this past Tuesday um, pl- uh, put up the uh, the one-year anniversary show uh, so I've been doing it for exactly one year as of uh, well October 30th and uh, and yeah it's just been uh, it's been a great ride I've always wanted to have a show like this where it's just uh, just me and my opinions I I will say to uh, to anyone out there who uh, who's maybe curious to to take a listen to the John Dulong show. Uh, it does get a little bit blue uh, in comparison to Elwood City Limits. So, uh, you know, listen with that in mind. There's certainly exp- the explicit tag on uh, on my podcast. Well, when John gets fired up about something, you, you better believe that it's going to be uh, uncensored. So uh, kids take note, like you said. Uh, so, John, you grew up with Arthur. We are kind of we are much more similar than age than myself and Lucas. Were you watching from the very beginning when it started in the late 90s? I mean, yes, but like it's it's one of those things where I don't really have a memory, like a solid memory of like catching um, catching new episodes or catching them in any sort of sequence. Uh, I, th- I, f- I found like that was something that really came uh with uh 
uh, you know, no longer watching things in, in syndication, watching things live, watching things brand new. I, I didn't really start doing that until I was quite a bit older. Um, but I certainly did watch the very earliest episodes of Arthur. I, I believe it was on like both before and after school, uh, when I was of sort of the appropriate and then like the not so appropriate age. You know, I started, I start, I kept on watching Arthur, um, even though I had aged out of probably what's their target demo. Um, I watched it for, for years after that. So uh, I, I certainly watched uh, a fair chunk of it. Of course, uh, you guys are starting to get uh, into some episodes where I'm like not 100% sure if I've seen this one before, before I sit down and watch it. But uh, uh, certainly uh, as you start to get into like the Flash episodes, I have no idea what those are like at all. Well, that makes two of us, and that's gonna. Well, we're 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 gonna we're gonna handle it when we when we get to it, because a lot of people are very curious about that. So we'll save that for another day. But speaking of Flash, this is actually a, a big part of today's episode. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, I I do really like having guests on the show, but it's becoming harder and harder to find things around Arthur to talk about because we've talked about the music CDs and we've talked about the movies. And uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of Arthur video games out there. Still haven't really found a way around that, but uh, I'm hopeful. Uh, but this is something that kind of caught my eye thanks to my uh, YouTube, the YouTube algorithm that found its way to me, of course, with all the Arthur I watch on YouTube. Uh, it was bound to happen. So today we're going to be talking about a, for right now, a series of two YouTube videos, and they're called Adult Arthur. And it, it, this is from the YouTube channel. It's called AOK. Yeah, they do all kinds of cartoon stuff. Uh, they do like parodies of Dora the Explorer and Caillou and stuff like that. So this is kind of in the same vein as like an adult take on. Um, on this on this sort of thing they're written by uh his name is eric moneypenny uh a writer and performer of the midnight show of the upright citizens brigade and various online videos as well so i wanted to make sure credit where it's due no matter where we kind of where it kind of land on this uh it it definitely had a UCB feel. Like I'm, I didn't, I didn't look into the uh, into the credits of the of these particular episodes. I just sort of, uh, I just sort of watched them and took my notes. But um, yeah, like it had a very UCB type feel to it. It was very, uh, very of that ilk. So I'm not really familiar with the Upright Citizens Brigade. When you say a UCB feel, uh, what what exactly does that mean? Just it very. Um... I, I don't know really how to put it. Very um, postmodern, very ironic, very uh, delving into the um, into the expectations of the audience and playing on that. Okay, yeah, th I mean, and that's and that's the whole idea. In fact, it made me think of uh, kind of the more I get post postmodern, whatever you want to call it, the current trend especially among Arthur, of kind of aging up the show for comedy's sake. We talk a lot about, like, Arthur memes on the show. But, you know, with with the Arthur memes, there are some that are, like, they're the ones that are evergreen and can be enjoyed by anybody. And then there are definitely, like, a lot more mature ones, you know, kind of related to sex and, you know, drug use and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, I, I follow yeah. a I follow a Facebook page called Savage Arthur just because every once in a while, uh, you know, they'll they'll post something and it'll show up in my feed. So I, I started following them and like, yeah, it's like actually like very like overt sexual themes uh, with these artworks. <laughs> yeah, and, and various animal characters, and uh, there's also a something I found when 
you know, just on a YouTube binge, which I go on a lot, is uh, an older series called Ghetto Arthur, which is kind of exactly what it sounds like. It's Arthur, but uh, uh, they kind of uh, some the people dub over the episode with like stereotypical uh, kind of black. Oh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it is done by black people. Probably, probably is, but the but kind of with uh, much more adult and racy situations. Uh, therein and sort of your your mileage can vary on that and I know that we're this is going to be the uh, this is going to be what we're going to be getting into today and kind of the idea of aging up something that is definitely for kids uh, for for jokes I mean for goodness sakes that's the, that's the entire uh, premise of some TV shows like Robot Chicken which I watched for a long time when I was in uh, university that was one of my favorite shows for a while and that's that's the whole thing is being this kind of transgressive attitude towards things that we enjoyed when we were kids. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't draw that comparison myself when I was watching these. Um, I, I definitely. It, it felt a little bit more. Um, a little bit more. Uh, 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 oh shoot! What's his name? Seth MacFarlane. Um, to me, but uh, Robot Chicken's an actually a, a much better parallel. So what I'd like to do is there are two there are two episodes again this is on the YouTube channel AOK you can check them out there if you want to uh, it, just be advised and of course within this episode as well that there's uh, going to be some you know adult language in there and definitely adult situations and I say that in both terms of like you know it's mature stuff that you know you sh- shouldn't necessarily be watching if you're younger but also like specifically relating to an adult mindset so like younger kids wouldn't get anything out of this at all uh, whereas someone like you and I who I believe are the target market the target audience for these videos probably will find something in there one way or the other so let's start off with uh, the first one which is just called adult Arthur um, and I will say that it is clear from the beginning that the person who wrote this the people who animated this have at least a passing idea a passing idea of Arthur if not watched Arthur back in the day because you know you can do these kind of parodies and you can only have a pass like a passing knowledge of it like how in I I, I remember in like the 90s when it was the the in thing was to make fun of uh, Barney or the Teletubbies or what have you and all you needed was the image and then you could just do whatever you wanted yeah, there's this is definitely done with a little bit more. Um, I don't know if I want to say like reverence or love, but it's certainly uh, with a lot more uh, a lot more knowledge of the source material. In particular, I found like the theme music that they uh, that they created for uh, for this little series wasn't like actually it actually wasn't the worst parody. Like I've I've certainly heard worse parodies of, of other TV theme songs. Like this was. Uh, you know, you could actually see the root of what they were trying to do with it. Yeah, I, I put the uh, I put the theme song to Adult Arthur uh, up there at the beginning of the episode, and you kind of that's kind of the the whole I guess joke, like the whole the the whole conceit of the of the short uh, is this kind of very pessimistic view of adulthood from the. Uh, from the perspective of a millennial, because now that the Arthur characters have aged up there in their, uh, I'd say mid to late twenties at this point, maybe early, maybe early twenties in some cases, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 you know, how did we wind up this way? Being adult can really suck. Uh, and it, it is in the very same style of the Arthur theme song. It's just kind of, I, I, I feel like it might be done in like a minor key or something like that. And very deflating compared to the uplifting uh, Z- uh, Ziggy Marley song that we're used to. 
Yeah, it's definitely like it's 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 weird to hear a sad reggae song, but here we are. <laughs> you didn't think that such a thing could even exist, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you can immediately tell th- this does kind of have an opening title scene. Uh, again, very similar enough to the idea of Arthur, and you can kind of get a get a look at everybody's redesign. You know, twenty years later, and uh, how again it's kind of meant to be enjoyed. These, the, this first one came out this year, May 22nd, so it's very much of the time that it's in. You get uh, uh, the redesign of, like, there's a lot more piercings and tattoos. There's different hairstyles. Like, we see uh, the brain in this episode. He's he very he very much kind of the uh, one, one of the various stereotypes of, like, a hipster with the man bun and the... Rocking the, the man bun. The sculpted, the sculpted beard. Like, uh, he looks like he owns a startup. Oh yeah, and like he he's like he's like the boss of uh, of whatever office it is that Arthur's working in, and yeah, he's he's he very much looks like a like a mid twenties, and like probably is sort of like that mid twenties, like owns his own uh, owns his own tech firm or his own like I don't know, he's developed a very successful app, and uh, and he's just you know going to sell all of our uh, all of our data to uh, <laughs> to like big Google or whatever. And, yeah, because. Uh, we never get the particulars of because Arthur works under the brain, the brain's his boss and we never really get the particulars of it. But for all we know, it could be like his, his tech startup, like you say, and it's just like, well, uh, Arthur, sorry, but, uh, can't really pay you this week. We're going to, so, I'm going to, but I'm going to pay you in stock. Yeah. Yeah. And soul patches. <laughs> so the, this first episode, it's it has a title of relationship problems. And the idea is, I mean, these episodes are sh- so short, we don't necessarily need to go blow by blow, but the idea is that Arthur and Francine, 20 years later, are a couple and are not very intimate with each other. Our- Arthur's kind of into her, but it seems like Francine, in- Francine isn't really into him. And they, you see them both in bed here, and this is where you get a real good look at their kind of redesign, which is kind of kind of stays true to... Uh, the base designs that you see in the cartoon, but like Francine's got an eyebrow ring. Arthur has an earring. Their hairstyles are a little different and they're, they've just kind of noticeably aged, which yeah, is Fra- uh, a little hard to reckon with sometimes. Francine's uh, Francine's redesign in particular reminded me a lot of uh, Cleopatra from the seminal uh, late night oh, cartoon yeah. clone high. Reminded me of a lot of Cleopatra from Clone High, which, you know, gave me confusing feelings. But, like, let's not get into that. Um, Arthur, <laughs> of course, rocking the uh, rocking the the soul patch, which because, of course, he is like that is who Arthur is. Just kind of a bit of a goober uh, rocking the soul patch in 2018 and uh, wearing glasses to bed for some reason. Mm. That You know what? That's a great point. This style does now now that you put that thought in my head, the it's very kind of dealing with angles of the characters. I always notice, you always notice on like clone high when, you know, characters like Cleopatra and Joan, they're, they're, they're more kind of made out of shapes than they are like actual people versus the way Arthur looks. Everything is the original Arthur show. Everything is very rounded and, uh, which is kind of typical for a kid's show. So this is, uh, really doing a different kind of design and, uh, uh, to create that separation a little bit. Uh, I will note here, so there, there's a scene of Arthur and Francine in bed, and there is, again, adult situations where they're talking about potentially having sex. But uh, no, uh, Francine kind of turns him down, seems really bored with him. 
Uh, then we cut to Arthur at his job in a cubicle, and there's kind of a, a pan-out shot here where it's... So this is the brains, potentially brain startup company, but he's employing such figures as Arthur, Caillou, Dora the Explorer, Curious George, Big Bird, and Peppa Pig. I missed Curious George, but yeah, I, I caught all the others. Um, I found it really funny that, of course, like all the others are just sort of, you know, uh, you know, young adults. I, I, I do see that this, uh, the AOK does a Caillou series. So I think Caillou's supposed to be 24 or something like that. And, um, but of, of all of them, uh, Big Bird appears to be sort of middle-aged and just sort of working, like working a call center gig. Like I've worked in a call center for the past several years. And like, that's a, that's quite a, uh, a, a an accurate depiction of what the workforce kind of looks like. And uh, in ter- in terms of dealing with Arthur's dealing with this like troublesome computer that keeps shutting down on him, like how uh, how, how many times have you had to deal with something similar to this, John, in in your kind of uh, uh, similar job experience? I, I mean, like there there are often times uh, tech issues that uh, that you run into. Um, I don't I don't like 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 we said we're sort of uh, we're sort of assuming that it's some sort of tech startup that he's working at at a call center like the one that I've worked at. Um, you know the tech team is fairly um uh fairly responsive to these sorts of issues just simply because if you're not on the phone taking calls there's problems so right. uh you know it's 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 one of those things certainly <laughs> certainly i'm not getting sent home to have a personal day uh if my computer <laughs> won't start that's that seems like something that's really going to put uh this kind of uh thing in this time period specifically, because the idea of mental health days has only just begun to catch on in the last few years. And there's certainly a, a great deal of workplaces that would, wouldn't even think of of offering this. But uh, Brain, perhaps a little bit more forward thinking, offers Arthur a mental health day to just kind of uh, re- relax himself and come in recharge the next morning. This is true. Although, I, again, I can't help but think that Brain is just like this universe is Mark Zuckerberg and he's like secretly evil. Like it's just it's it's there in the back of my head the entire time. And I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Well, you see people in these types of positions with these types of upstart companies and um, and, and not not to not to cast aspersions on the way that people look. But he's kind of got the air about him of somebody that maybe isn't doesn't have everything together like he seems to. Mm. Uh, so Arthur goes back home to relax and... to uh, his apartment at the Elwood Bronx apartments. By the way, I, I zoomed in <laughs> lots on that specifically. He finds Francine in a compromising situation. Let's say with uh, well, Muffy. So this is kind of uh, taking a potential Arthurship here and making it uh, canon in their offshoot. So Francine and Muffy are uh, well having sex with each other, and Arthur catches them. This at least, I, I I feel like Lucas and I might have talked about this at some point where it's like, you know, talking about various Arthur ships. And it's like, you know, almost every community with a sizable fan base has something like this. But it's just a little bit weirder when it's like, well, you're talking about children. Uh, so you can only go you can only really go so far or think so far when it comes to these characters. But now that these characters are aged up, you know, if you want if you want to think like that, well, then, you know, the the Internet is your oyster. Yeah, I gotta say though, I, I I don't know that like okay, so I I believe that uh, you you folks broke the news, uh, you and Lucas broke the news that I, I that um one of the writers of either the show or maybe it was Mark Brown himself, I can't remember, uh, talked about 
um, whether or not Francine was uh, was a homosexual character. And yes. like there was some confirmation about that. So I have no problem buying that. I, I, I do have an issue buying like Muffy. She just I don't know what it is about her, but she just seems uh, she seems straight. And the, the thing that I have more problems buying, though, regardless of, of the uh, of the relationship dynamics, and she does seem to be bisexual in this particular um, b- particular world. Um, I, I just don't buy that their their trysts of uh, of Francine and Muffy would take place at this like dank hovel of an apartment that Arthur keeps like Muffy would not stand for that. She would not. <laughs> deign to be in that apartment at for any length of time that's a fine point but uh you never know a lot can happen in 20 years maybe maybe she was cut off from uh uh old honest ed crosswire i mean maybe but like i i I don't know like it would have to be it would have to be something like i guess maybe if she was out because like i i think that uh i think that uh that old honest ed is probably uh, not to cast aspersions on any particular political parties, but I feel like Old Honest Ed is probably a Republican. Uh, and- uh, probably, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's a pretty safe bet. And and, and you know, probably, uh, probably has uh, gotten on the side of the uh, the religious right, and maybe has some, maybe has some thoughts about Ooh, the gay community. Yeah. The gay community. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, Mister Crosswire, secret Bernie bro. <laughs> Not, not, not quite. I don't think so. Uh, so I think what's important to note about this situation is, I mean, not so much the content. I think because it's you know the the writer the writer's just kind of having fun in this in this in this toolbox and or rather in this sandbox, I should say, with these characters. So uh, it, what it is is that the situation is kind of approached in a much more in a situation that's closer to realism. In fact, to to maybe even like sacrificing some comedy. Like it's just kind of ends with Arthur ha- like kind of talking with Francine about their concerns. You know, there's a couple of uh, jo- jokes put in here and there, but then eventually he decides to just smoke weed with Buster while they play video games and Francine and Muffy uh, hook up on the other side of the couch. In terms of a comedy short, it's like, ha ha ha. Like, uh, like I'm just like, okay, well where, where's, is it is it am i supposed am i supposed to be laughing or am i supposed to be like depressed i'm not sure it's it's i'm like i'm not sure if it's supposed to be like comedy or if it's supposed to be relatable cuz it definitely skews more towards the quote unquote relatable side of things and i'm just like all right well this is certainly a thing that's happening um first of all i just i do want to say um Buster smoking a bunch of pot while playing video games with Arthur, confirming a lot of suspicions that the ECL boys have had over the years. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there. But I got to say, what this reminded me of to a certain extent was, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but BoJack Horseman, but like BoJack Horseman without Todd, um, without like the comic relief, just the heavy stuff. Uh, certainly there were some jokes in this episode, but uh, this little mini sode, I, su- I should say, but uh, it reminded me of just sort of like, this is some heavy stuff, and it's almost like uh, Bojack Horseman is to Bob Saget as this is to Arthur. It's just kind of a sad, broken down version of it. It makes me really it, like it, it, I do really would would almost like to talk to uh, Eric Moneypenny, the writer of this, because l- like you say, it, it is kind of almost a heavy subject. And although it is a little bit outrageous in terms of like, you know, how often does this happen to somebody? It It is a situation that ends up kind of not really, there's no real resolution to it necessary other than, 
other than like Arthur and Francine break up and decide to stay friends. And Arthur's just kind of depressed about it and self-medicates with video games and weed. And it's like, okay. Um, I mean, I am, I've also dabbled in self-medication myself. It feels like there is an attempt here to age these characters up, but not, but all, but not in a way. I remember when I first saw this and I was like, Oh, this is kind of a, a like crass thing to do of just like, haha, Arthur is smoking weed. That is the joke. But now I'm the more I kind of interact with it, the more I think that well, it's like well maybe it's not meant to be like, haha, like funny, shallow, like Arthur smokes weed. That's the joke. It seems like what what if Arthur was made for our age group now? It's like Arthur is Arthur the show isn't a hundred percent funny all of the time. Sometimes it's not afraid to get real and. Like you say with BoJack Horseman, I was reminded about this as well, and not just for the uh, the the animal comparison. There there is a bit of that DNA in here as well. Yeah, I think like it, it certainly uh, certainly strikes me that like this is um, this is Arthur. Like you said, Arthur almost as if it's written for uh, for an audience much like the original Arthur is written for that younger audience. Um, and I think like it it does sort of pick at certain scabs of like you know i i i i know that i know people um whose lives have turned out like this in the same sort of way and to a certain extent part, portions of my life uh mirrored some of what arthur was going through in these uh in these minisodes um you know and and you kind of get that group of kids and like for the most part the group of arthur kids are all a pretty like well-adjusted pretty pretty smart pretty clever in their own ways i mean you know busters maybe not academically strong and uh you know binkies maybe not academically strong but they, they have a, these um, these emotional uh emotional strengths to them uh emotional intelligences to them uh but like you know muffy and and uh and arthur and and francine all seem to be very uh very strong academically and they're all sort of uh struggling in this world and like you still get the one person uh from that group in the brain who uh who you know manages to uh manages to catch the right breaks it it feels very true to life which isn't necessarily always funny but uh certainly feels real and i feel like there has been there has been a push among i'll i'll say loosely our generation and it could certainly uh, go older or younger than that, but but recently in the last few years, there's a push for a lot more uh, relatable content. Hashtag relatable content of you know not necessarily you know bringing the laughs and all this kind of thing, but just to just to ensure that there is somebody else out there who knows what it's like. And sometimes that can be as you know an effective a catharsis as laughter or 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 whatever an entertainment it tries to provoke out of you. Exactly. You mentioned Buster, who uh, his redesign is probably the the sharpest that we see because he is uh, kind of a, uh, a slouched over. He's got a uh, tattoo on his arm that says "Bust him up." He's got a mean five o'clock shadow, and he's just got a look about him like like he sells Arthur weed. Oh, he definitely does. Like, and he's got the perma red eyes. Like, I I like to think that like Buster wasn't even really supposed to come over that particular evening. Arthur just needed some pot and Buster just decided to stick around like, you know, that dealer back from back in the day. Of course, as Canadians, anybody who smokes weed here doesn't have to worry about that anymore. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, if, Buster, if this were taking place in Canada, Buster Buster's business would be starting to dry up right about now. 
For more for more on that, I'm glad I subscribed to the uh, the John Dulong Show Patreon because I got to hear John's thoughts on uh, on the re- on the recent weed uh, resurgence here in Canada. Little as one dollar, and- folks. JohnDulong.com mm-hmm. slash Patreon. We, we make it easy <laughs> for you. And of course, and of course, Buster's the focal point of the second Adult Arthur episode, which actually has the subtitle of CrossFit, uh, which I feel is uh, the one of the two that is trying to be uh, air more on the side of comedy. Uh, it's so it starts off with Arthur, and again, you're talking about relatable. This is relatable as it gets for me these days. It's Arthur kind of waking up and going to work, and like looking in the mirror, just like I could stand to lose some. I could stand to lose some pounds or like my Just jaw hurts from grinding my teeth all night. Rocking that dad bod. Yeah, totally. And it's like I'm feeling the same things too. Uh I've I I've uh I'm ha- I'm having a bit of a back problem recently because I'm uh I'm not my posture is I'm being too lax with my posture and I'm just feeling this 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 permanent state of something in your body always being not at a hundred percent, and they're not being a quick fix for it. You don't you don't bounce back uh, as quick as you did when you're closer to thirty, kids. So enjoy your body while you can. Oh my, it's it's uh, something always hurts all the time. Yep, and that's um, that's one of the truisms of adulthood. But that but it also means that you're alive. Uh, yeah. So Arthur, kind of again, very in this very depressing roach ridden apartment. Uh, as he's uh, as he just is kind of deci- decides to call in sick from work, which this actually reminds me of somebody somebody that I work with who is very liberal with their work sick days, and in a way I kind of admire that because I because uh, I just uh, I, I get very anxious about calling in sick from work, which is uh, something I'm trying to deal with a bit more. Mm. And the uh, this uh, this so the title of this episode, even though it's called Adult Arthur Two Dash CrossFit. Uh, the the title within the episode is Arthur's depressed. Yeah, uh, I, I will say like Arthur is supposed to be this depressed dude with no direction, uh, and you know, no, kind of spinning his wheels in life. He still gets up early enough on a work day to make himself eggs and bacon and a, a nice pot of coffee. Like there, there's you know there is there is still some hope for him. Uh, although he did say I think maybe my favorite line in both of these uh, both of these uh, little minisodes. I slept all night and I'm still tired. You want to talk hashtag relatable? Right there. Yeah, I feel like a lot of us can relate to that. Um, B- uh, Arthur is out with Buster driving, uh, who, and he's t- telling him that he uh, uh, called in sick to work again. And th- this was my favorite line of the episode. Arthur says, skipping work is the slow burn to quitting. <laughs> I feel, And I feel like that is the idea behind a lot, a lot of, I mean, for those of us who are stuck in a job that we don't love, it's just like, yep, that's, Kind kind of what it is. It's a nice little short burst of quitting before we have to go, eventually go back. Um, I will say that uh, these episodes tend to fall more on the side of millennials in terms of like you know relate relating to their uh, different complications and whatnot. But it's also not afraid to kind of take the piss out of them as well, which is really the idea behind this whole episode. Buster encourages Arthur, which is weird actually. Buster encouraging Arthur to get fit. Uh, so he takes him to his CrossFit gym, where where Binky is a uh, CrossFit trainer, and so there's a lot there's a lot of jokes made at the expense of like uh, mill- millennials and young people who get into CrossFit uh, big time, which of course is a trend the last few years. Which I, I will point out that it's uh, it's um, first of all Buster definitely driving high. Um, 
just that's I, a, I bi- still bloodshot. Big, big no no. Big no no. Big no no. Carries quite a, a hefty fine, and you know, don't drink, drive impaired kids. Um, but uh, the uh, the gym is actually owned by the tough customers, the bullies from uh, from school, and we do get a brief shot of the uh, of the rest of the uh, the tough customers in a few seconds. Uh, but I thought it was nice that uh, even though they're obviously not uh, speaking roles, uh, we were able to get uh, get more of the background characters into the into the episode. And I'd say, th- and I'd say that that's something that you would have to have watched the show at some point and have a memory of it to know. Like, you, like you can. Mo- most people who watched Arthur when they were kids, normal people who don't run an Arthur podcast, like they can remember Arthur, Buster, maybe the Brain or Francine or Binky. They don't remember the tough customers. So clearly, either uh, Eric Moneypenny did his research, did their research, I, I should say, or uh, or just is a fan of Arthur. Either could be uh, plausible. Yeah, it's uh, I and also like I, I will say that uh, that uh, that they certainly uh, hit the nail on the head with some of the the jokes about CrossFit as a religious experience. Yeah, so th- that that's the kind of side of things that uh, because the the joke with Binky is that he does this CrossFit gym and he like works Arthur and Buster like crazy, and then also like does a prayer with them beforehand. He like had a religious conversion, which is that is that necessarily a CrossFit thing? Well, no, like so, like it, it's very clear that like, um, and the the joke is is that uh, he was very into uh, he's very into Jesus all of a sudden uh, because he OD'd in college. Uh, Binky did. But uh, the, it's not it's not that uh, that CrossFit is like a religious uh, a religious um, experience in, in and of itself. It's that it's that the way that uh, the CrossFitters treat CrossFit, uh, they speak with it the mm-hmm. same reverent with the same reverence uh, as they would uh, if, as they would if they were a a born again um, follower of a particular religion. Uh, so it's kind of a kind of mish- mishmashing of two jokes there together. I thought it worked well. Yeah, I mean, I I have to I have to ask somebody outside of myself because I'm the last person on earth who understands why people in CrossFit do what they do. <laughs> I much prefer DDP yoga. Thank you very much. I, I guess it's like very it's ve- like it does not appeal to me at all. Uh, oh. But I guess it's very like it's very affirming and very uh, I don't know very like the people who love it love it. So you know, power to them. Sure, for sure. Uh, but it, but it, again, with it being so prominent in the last few years, it's very easy to make fun of. And, uh, I mean, if we, if we do get an adult Arthur three, I'm, uh, I'm expecting Buster and Arthur to start a podcast because I think that's another, another thing that kind of, uh, mirror, not mirrors, but kind of comes alongside the rise of CrossFit of just like, there, there's a lot more fertile ground to be had in terms of, uh, it, clapping back a little bit against millennials in a good, in a good natured way. They're definitely doing a weekly episodic podcast going over their favorite show when they were kids, Bionic Bunny. Yeah, that should be it. <laughs> oh, Eric Moneypenny, if you're listening to this, feel free to steal, steal that. That's a, that's a good one. Or Dark Bunny for that matter. Yes. E- either one. It, like Arthur is very out of shape, which I can relate to. And, uh, he's having a, very hard time just jumping right into CrossFit. I do want to also give props to Arthur's voice actor in these two uh, cartoons. His name is Rama Valerie, and I thought that he was he was very good at selling uh, Arthur's kind of uh, various emotional. Like Arthur is the most emotionally ranged of all the characters in these two because, of course, he's the central one. But in this one, we see like like Arthur being you know tired to the point of exhaustion. We hear him like 
being like desperate as he gets injured when he's doing a box jump. Like we get to see, we get to hear him when he's tired. We get to hear him when he's, you know, maybe a little hopeful. Like Rama Valerie, this voice actor has a great deal of range uh, that they bring to Arthur. And I really wanted to just applaud that. Yeah. And and what I will say is like, uh, like insofar as the, uh, as the voices are concerned, um, they don't, uh, they don't really try and do, Age, with the exception of Binky, they don't really try and do aged up versions of the of the characters, which I think is fine. Um, I think Binky was uh, certainly somebody. Uh, Binky's uh, Binky's voice actor Sam Horowitz. Uh, they were definitely trying to do a, a bit of a Binky voice aged up a little bit. The other characters, they're not doing that. I kind of prefer that to a certain extent. If uh, if you don't think you're going to be able to nail it, just uh, just do your own thing and and and. You know, the 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 rest of the character will be defined by your performance and defined by sort of the the way that it's uh, the way that it's drawn. Um, I, I I thought that that was uh, an interesting choice in a lot of cases, and and, and like I said, Binky uh, being the one exception, where I think that Sam Horowitz did a really great job uh, creating an aged up Binky. Yeah, and I'd say of the main Arthur cast, Binky's on the actual Arthur show is probably the most distinct. So I feel like that's an easy one to kind of uh, take in a take in a direction, whereas the other the other characters' voices are usually fairly normal-ish, at least. So yeah, as I, as I said, Arthur tries to do a box jump and in, injures his Achilles tendon in a uh, uh, some somewhat gory fashion. Uh, and Buster says, "Look at it this way: now you get eight to ten months off of work." And then there's a final there's a final couple of visual gags here where Arthur gets taken to the hospital, and because it's in America. He has an enormous hospital bill, and then Buster uh, wheels him out of the hospital as they get chased by the doctor. I mean, was it that enormous though? Because I I did freeze frame on it, and it looked like the bill was only seventeen dollars. Well, the, his insurance coverage for the bill only equaled seventeen dollars. Okay, okay, okay. That makes more sense, I suppose. And uh, yeah, so those are the two. Those are the two episodes right there. Now, I, I instead of asking, you know, what you what you think of it and and whatnot, and I mean, but you can feel free to as well. What I what I'm really interested in asking is, with shows with shows like this, the one that we we talk about week after week with Arthur, and with other shows that kind of come around like this. Like I said before, they have parodies of Dora the Explorer and Caillou, and of course, you can find all kinds of other. R-rated, X-rated parodies of kids shows out there. Do you think that is there room uh, f- for those in terms of the outliers of a TV show? Is there room for an adult Arthur? Well, you know what? I'll, what I'll say is, is that like I, I when I originally I, I watched these episodes a couple of times, like when you first sent them to me, uh, and. Uh, and then a couple of times more, and then I watched them again this morning before uh, before we sat down to record. Um, it grew on me, is what I'll say about it. I, I I did not care for it the first couple of times that I that I watched it, um, but uh, as it sort of grew on me, and as I as I had a time had time to think about it, uh, I was able to sort of you know appreciate that like you know what this is actually um, this is actually doing a lot of what. Arthur itself does for its target demo, um, which is sort of tell stories in a way that and 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 sort of give um, give morals in a way um, 
in a way that makes sense to its uh, to its core audience. Um, now, I don't think these were perfect by any stretch of the imagination, um, particularly in the second episode. Uh, some of the gross out humor just wasn't for me. Um, but uh, overall, like, yeah, I could I, I could see myself watching an adult Arthur if this were a, a full produced, uh, you know, run on Netflix or whatever. I could see myself binging that some afternoon. So I, I I guess I'll kind of get to get to what I what I meant by that that question. I know it's a, it's a little bit uh, open, maybe a bit vague. Um, it's I I agree I agree with you, John. When I when I watched this maybe the first time, I kind of was I was put off by it because I'm used to seeing a lot of very uh, crass, mean spirited parodies done of the of of. This type of material of like shows that were made for kids and it's like, oh, age it up so that the characters have sex and they swear and all this kind of stuff. And it's either done uh, with with two wrong, uh, I'd say with two wrong headed intentions. The first one is to shock, which I mean only goes so far and I'm not really a fan of shock humor myself and different strokes for different folks or the second thing is that like we aged up and made it more mature that means that it's better now which is absolutely not true and so when i when i first saw it the first time my reaction was like oh it's one of those but watching it again for this show and you said this yourself as well i did actually find like a uh some merit to it um the animation i think with the flash i mean I will say this: I I, I kind of liked the the animation of Adult Arthur a bit better than the current Arthur animation, <laughs> but uh, that's all I'll kind of say about that. No no disrespect to uh, either side's animators, but there, yeah, there is something here because I remember also thinking at the time it's just like, well, this just isn't funny. Like none of none of these lines are landing for me. But I don't. I'm not convinced that it's meant to be a hundred percent a comedy. I think it's meant to be in the spirit of Arthur, or at least it comes across to me. Uh, it, more relatable, which to me was is a big uh, is a big part of what the spirit of Arthur is, and you said that yourself as well. It kind of channels the original series, whether it intends to or not, and that actually provides a bit of charm to it. Now, I don't know if I would watch these continuously, but now I don't have as much of a problem recommending it, but more to people my own age. I would say that, you know, we have listeners who are a bit younger, maybe in, like, junior high or high school or even uh, early university who are, you know, at least a decade younger than myself. I'd maybe say that this is... I mean, it's only five minutes. Like, together, it'll take you less than ten minutes to watch. So it's not a waste of your time. But I just don't know if you'll be able to get the same thing out of it that something that people like John and I do, who uh, I I think we could both say found ourselves relating to it a lot more than we maybe expected to. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. Like, I, I, I very much along the same lines as you. I was, I was expecting to, for it to be one of you know those shows, um, one of the, those takes on a on a show where you know they were very prevalent um, in sort of like I don't want to say the early internet because it wasn't the early internet, but like certainly in like the late nineties, um, like on sites like Newgrounds in particular, they were very prevalent. These sorts of like, haha, look at that Donkey Kong smoking a bunch of pot, um, like. <laughs> Oh, I remember that one in particular for some reason. Um, but uh, like this was just like, yeah, like Arthur is a 20 something 
uh, guy who's stuck in a job that he doesn't like. And you know, you know what? He sort of self-medicates. Um, he's, he's very clearly depressed. Uh, he, he's, he's, you know, he's in a tough financial, financial situation. His, his love life isn't successful. And like, yeah, maybe it's not supposed to play as a comedy a hundred percent of the time, but it's certainly, uh, certainly was more relatable than I was expecting. And I think that'll help it, uh, age a bit better. Uh, than some of these other cartoons. You know, you look back on, like, gross-out uh, Flash cartoons of the early 2000s, and it all feels very juvenile because that's, of course, when we were growing up and when it would have most worked, so it doesn't age super well. Uh, I will say that I haven't seen any of AOK's, uh, like, adult Dora series. I did watch their first episode of, like, Adult Caillou, which is very different in tone. I don't know if it's the same writer, uh, but it's very much making fun of... Caillou the character so it's it's taking a bit of a different approach in that like you know Caillou grows up to be this you know shitty adult baby who and the and the entire joke is how put upon his parents are and how terrible he is and so that's immediately a big difference from something like the approach to adult Arthur and I feel like that actually speaks to why Arthur is you know, a, a show that's one of a kind it's because when you have a way, a show that was the way it was and hey, is the way it is still, you know, meant, meant to kind of represent, uh, I guess more of a reality within a cartoon format, uh, then you have to kind of approach it differently than if you have a show that, you know, for example, like Caillou, that a lot of people have come forward lately and been like, yo, this show sucks. This character sucks. We're more willing to bag on it. So, and I think that speaks to, you know, a lot of people still hold Arthur very fondly uh, as as you and I and Lucas and uh, many other people do as well who listen to the show and who don't. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly there there's a reason why uh, why we're talking about uh, about Arthur and not about other shows uh, right now, and there's a reason why uh, Adult Arthur hits uh, in such the way that it did. And that's going to do it for uh, our discussion on Adult Arthur. John, I want to say a big thank you for joining me here today. And please let everybody know where they can find you if they'd like to hear more from you. Well, you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Jibberdy, J-I-B-E-R-D-Y. And every single Monday, uh, Monday Morning Nonsense, I release the uh, the John Dulong show. You can get that uh, pretty much anywhere podcasts are sold or given away or whatever. Um, I'm on uh, I'm on. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, also at just at johndulong.com and uh, be happy to have you along for the ride. And of course, uh, thank you for listening to this special episode of Elwood City Limits. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Tumblr, and on Instagram by the various ways. And if you don't know what those ways are, listen to uh, another episode of the show. (laughs) And thank you to all our Patreon supporters as well. Really appreciate that. And uh, John, if they ever make any uh, any more adult Arthur episodes, well, uh, I'll have to have you back, and we can talk about them then. I'd be more than happy to come back. Will, fantastic. Uh, and and hey, it's Monday when we're recording this, so uh, I'll be waiting for that. I'll be waiting for that upload to drop pretty soon in my uh, podcast feed. Yeah, well, like I said, uh, the I'm actually going to be releasing this on Tuesday this week because that is the uh, the one year anniversary, uh, Tuesday uh, gotcha. the thirtieth. All right. Well, then I'll uh, look forward to that tomorrow then. All right. My name is Will Young. And for John Dulong. I I slept all night and I'm still tired. I've been grinding my teeth all night from (laughs) and speaking as speaking as somebody who uh, sleeps in the same bed as someone who grinds their teeth. I worry about them, too, sometimes.
All right, everybody, uh, go enjoy your lives, whether they are teen, adult, or whatever. Just make it a wonderful kind of day. We'll see you next time. Every day when you're driving is to work, and everybody is a jerk, because they all hate their lives. And I say,